Welcome back to Path to Glory, the Warhammer Underworlds podcast that focuses on competitive gaming, player development, and community growth. This episode was made possible by our patrons, thanks to everyone who supports us. If you're interested in supporting the podcast monetarily, please check us out at patreon.com slash path to glory. If that's not possible, we still appreciate the listens and the ratings. This is Aman Kusro. And as always, I'm joined by my menace of a co-host, Jonathan Davis. Hello. How's it going? Not a silent menace. No, you're quite vocal with your opinions. (laughs) How you doing? I'm doing okay. It's Monday. I'm tired. A lot of work to do. A lot of work yet to do. (laughs) Absolutely. I don't know if you can see the bags under my eyes, but uh, didn't get much sleep last night. Mm. Well, hopefully this silent card set will be interesting <laughs> keep you away I, I think it is i think there's some good cards in here which uh yeah. we'll get to so as jonathan mentioned in today's episode we will be covering the silent menace deck expansion the first pre-constructed deck to ever hit the shelves of warhammer underworlds however yeah we'll also be covering some underworlds news and we've got a couple patron questions as well uh we didn't give them much notice but uh <laughs> they're they're solid ones so jonathan i know you've got some news to share so why don't you share it sure um the first thing here is that we uh wanted to mention again that there will be a grand clash style underworlds event at frontline gaming's lone star open on july 24th and 25th um, i'll be toing the event which should be a lot of fun um and uh, you can sign up now so um go ahead and do that um i'm sure we'll talk about it more as we get closer to the event um there's not um any official prize support but we'll have some custom prizes for you so more info on that um, later and uh frontline will be following all the safety guidelines needed for a safe event so um you know if you feel safe then uh come down and play so there's also uh discounted hotel blocks so um <clears throat> that's always good yeah in order for the event to run we need a certain number of people to sign up so please sign up we'll be there we're gonna have some fun uh we'll we'll be drinking so join us <laughs> for some merry underworld's yeah. fun yeah the um more ticket sales the sooner the better so <laughs> right on um yep Okay, well, um, I wanted to jump to the Warhammer Underworlds roadmap that was shared way back in the day. Um, As you can see, uh, Mad Mob have already come up for pre-order. They're releasing this Saturday. And Mm -hmm. the uh, Kanan's Reapers, which are right around the corner, they're going to be releasing... Uh, in this month as well, if they stick to the schedule, which they have so far after the amendment. So that's been pretty exciting. Um, I'm, I'm pretty excited for this warband. Uh, they've got six fighters. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yep. Uh, obviously one is Kanan. He's a big boy. He's got a big axe. And then uh, we've got our first Ossiak Bone Reaper with a bow. We've got a really cool dude holding a spear and some sort of magical cube. And then your run-of-the-mill Osiric Bone Reaper guys. So pretty excited to see 
this aesthetic and this faction finally hit Warhammer Underworlds, long time coming for them, um, as well as a bunch of others this season. So I feel like Direchasm really hit all the high points here. Um, really, there was no way it could fail with all the really cool warbands that came out. So um, really happy to see that. Any any thoughts that you want to share on, on this warband? Um, no, I mean, I think they look great. Um, I'm excited to see... Um, how they function. It's an interesting uh, collection of mod- uh, miniatures. So, um, so yeah, I like the. I've always liked the aesthetic um, a lot ever since they came out. So. Yeah. Well, if you if you reference the article that dropped on the 16th of March earlier this year, we'll see mm-hmm. that Kanan is actually a Mortisan executioner, and this is the first time this model has ever been. This miniature has ever been displayed in the Mortal Realms. Hmm. So. Um, I expect that if you're an Ossiarch Bone Reaper player, you're going to want to buy this set just for him alone. So pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool stuff. Um, but that's not all. If you notice on the roadmap, there's one more warband, uh, that's slated for June. And in June, um, we have been shown the new warband, Elethane's Soul Raid. They were shared on Warhammer Fest, which happened all last week. This was on day four on the Boxed Games Day, where they showed Underworlds, Necromunda, and Aeronautica Imperialis. I highly recommend you watch the Aeronautica Imperialis video because it's a great troll and it's really funny. And I got a good laugh and I loved reading the comments about people who were generally upset about it. Um, <laughs> it was fantastic. But... Yeah, I'll have to watch that. You should, you should. Uh, it's <laughs> It's freaking hilarious um if you've ever not heard of the Ideneth deepkin well they are a bunch of elves that have daddy issues so they ran away and hide in the darkest depths of the ocean they can all breathe underwater apparently uh and when they travel to the surface they can summon aether water with them so they can breathe and they can bring a bunch of fish critters and other sea creatures along the way Mm. Um, they also have an issue with like a majority of their population not being born with a soul so in order for them to function they actually have to go like attack and pillage and raid settlements of any race that have souls so they can steal their soul and put it in their people so they have interesting yeah very interesting stuff and so uh we have the final warband it is uh well, the I guess a bunch of soul hungry elves. So they're called Elethane's Soul Raid. Well, re- and really, really, it's a fish, and then four other models. That's how I'm looking at it. But. Well, yes, yes. It just so happens that there is a fish, and your nickname is Wigglefish. It's true. Which I've always or, questioned why, but I don't know. Just a random thing that I picked like way too long ago, and then I just kept kept doing it. One of those the usernames that, one of those usernames you just uh, stick with. I don't know. I think it's, uh, I think it has a nice ring to it as well. So, yeah. I mean, I guess it's 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 what fishes do. It's what um, they do. Yeah. So we've got <laughs> Elethane Ill-Fated. He's the leader. He looks pretty cool. Uh, we've got Furin, yeah. who's a infantry version of the Akelian Guard, which are like the eel riders. So we've never seen one without their eel before. So. We're going to have to ask what happened to, to her pet, her mount. <laughs> um, Tamiel is a... 
He's one of those elves I mentioned earlier that are born without souls. So they don't look really like elves. They look like ghostly elves, more mm-hmm. like specters. And then uh, I think the highlight of the group, much to Jonathan's chagrin, is Doing Claw, who is mm. a crab. He's literally very a cool giant though. crab. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool little mini there. So. Yeah, it's, a, it's an amazing miniature, and it has already taken the internet over by storm. <laughs> yeah, there's been some fun memes already. So My favorite one was Mortal Realms Crabnose, instead of Cragnose, <laughs> which is coming out. Uh, and then, of course, we have the Spinefish, which, uh, you know, if you've, if, you look, if you've watched the video, you'll like do like little previews of like, or like highlights, but then there's like smoke obscuring most of the card. Uh, yeah. You know, if you like brighten it, so you take a screenshot and you brighten it, you can see a lot of it. <laughs> a lot of people have been doing that lately on the on the interwebs, and uh, they found yeah. some really cool and nifty rules about the warband. Um, we're not going to share anything about this warband until <laughs> it's time to review them, or until at least they do a preview. So, uh, yeah, but be on the exciting. lookout for that. Yeah, very yeah. exciting. And then, Jonathan, did you mention the contest? Um, we did last time. Um, we do, we are continuing with our, um, mad mob, uh, uh, release contest. So send us your, uh, if any patrons want to send us their wog, they can continue to do that up until the 15th, which is when the warband comes out. So, um, and we'll, uh, we'll take care of that, uh, warband purchase for you. So that's right. And if you want to know what a wah sounds like, listen to our latest episode, <laughs> or I think yeah. I wah at the end. I think I want the yeah. end of the Mad Mob. I think you just ago. yell wog. But louder. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to go watch the YouTube video and screenshot the face you made when you did that. So, um, Very funny. And uh, one thing I wanted to point out is actually this is our 50th episode. Um, yeah. 50th official episode. Um, that's actually denoted with the <laughs> Path to Glory title along yeah. with it. We've had some um, special episodes i guess <laughs> we we did a lot of those and in hindsight we should have just probably made them all as part of yeah path of glory <laughs> um like at one point we did like warband wisdom and card commentary but, but we're going to just make all those part of our main episodes moving forward so we have 67 episodes on podbean and all other major streaming platforms including um google uh amazon spotify apple itunes and all that um but this is number 50 officially yeah and uh i think it was just earlier this week that the uh we've entered our third year of the podcast so very cool (laughs) so that means we've just had our two-year anniversary yeah exactly nice yeah (laughs) well good i'm glad um obviously couldn't have done this without the community our patrons and of course one another so thanks for um working together having each other's backs and supporting our content because we sincerely appreciate it. I'm just going to fix my yeah. mic. Really especially, quickly. especially over the last year. It was, it was tough to <laughs> tough at times to keep it going. So really appreciate it. Um, yes, we sincerely do, but without further ado, let's jump in to the silent menace. Yeah. So, the, so go this ahead. This is cool because it's like its own, its own deck. In theory, yeah. 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 yeah <laughs> so, first pre-constructed deck. This is my air quotes if you're not watching the video. Yeah. Um, so, there's 12 objectives, 10 gambits, 10 upgrades. 
Um, these were all previewed on Warhammer Community last Friday in the morning for us Westerners. Um, <laughs> the expansion is named after the Silent People. Uh, the Silent People are a race of intelligent insectoids who are in deep hibernation within the depths of the Dire Chasm and the Beast Grave. Um, as such, whenever our warbands or fighters are running around the terrain, they come across maybe their hidden treasures or weapons, armor, and loot. And um, naturally, they keep what they find. Because why not? <laughs> I, I never really thought about this, but like adventurers who find like cool stuff are just looting. So yeah. We're yeah, just looting stuff. There's probably not too much uh, naturally uh, occurring items in the beast grave. Uh, it, yeah. Yeah. So Just a lot of spikes and teeth. <laughs> yeah, and like chambers that are just filled with ooze that digest you i don't know i don't know how the mountain eats um <laughs> but anyways let's go on and jump into the card review as always i'll do the upgrades jonathan will jump on the gambits and i will end things off with the upgrades so starting with advancing swarm score this in the end phase if three or more friendly fighters have one or more charge tokens for one glory thoughts jonathan um i think this is okay um but it's not great because for one it's one glory and then if you lose fighters that have already charged this can start being harder to score um and then in the later rounds if you lose if you're losing fighters and you don't have a lot of fighters this could be harder to score um but it's reasonably scorable for large to medium size warbands i would say yeah, I think if you have six or more or five or more, you could do this pretty reliably because yeah. it's, um, it's three or more. So if you have five fighters but three charge, you still get right. it. Um, I really like this for the aggressive warbands in the game right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I, I think I probably consider this a little bit more valuable than you do. Um, the interesting thing is that a lot of the four-fighter warbands are looking to be in enemy territory and gain primacy. Even non-four-fighter warbands like Wild Hunt, Despoilers, and Morgok, like they all want to charge into your territory. They all want to score multiple glory on being in enemy territory, making charges and killing, getting primacy. So for me, I think this is pretty solid. Yeah, it's one glory, but it's easy one glory. The mm-hmm. only way you're not going to score this is if you lose, you know, m- you know, more than one fighter. Um, but by then... The game is probably in the later stages of the game. And if you didn't draw this early and you drew it late, that means you draw your other cards early. So I don't really think it's that big of a deal, personally. Um, I think Wild Hunt also really, really like this card because they're going to just do this to inspire. So for me... Well, they like it in the first round. They probably don't like it in the second or third. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm just always charging with Wild Hunt. Um, yeah, I'm just, I guess I'm concerned about having three fighters alive in the third round you know yeah i just i just don't see this as an issue honestly i mean yeah, yeah if you draw in the third round it's a dead card but m- yeah. maybe not yeah you know? i mean it's, I, don't, I don't think it's awful i'd probably give it like a b or a c somewhere in there i gave it a b i think okay but yeah. yeah i'm just i just like aggressive strategies more than you do i think no i think it's uh it's fine yeah okay well uh, either way pretty decent <laughs> card uh next one brutal attrition Score this in the end phase if the number of enemy fighters out of action 
is equal to or greater than the number of surviving friendly fighters for one glory. Ooh. Um, I think for some warbands, this is worth considering, um, particularly the three fighter warbands. Um, it's a bit of a meta call because if you're against another three fighter warband, then it's, you know, not, uh, not great. But, um, other than that, you probably won't see too much of it. It's not a good card at all to me, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Um, very difficult. A lot of conditions. Dice dependent, matchup dependent. If it was two glory, then I would say like it's worth, you know, it's worth it for some more bands to hold into the second round. It'd probably score it yeah. done. But Agreed. For one, it's uh, a little slow. Yeah, if this is two glory, you throw this on like a Hrothgorn or Malog or... Yeah. Really Especially when you can deck. just compare it to the next one. Like, the next one's just better. And we, and we have similar cards that are like both of these. You know? Yeah. And the next one's not even that good in general, but yep. I guess let's go to the segue. <laughs> next one. Yeah. Uh, cold-blooded killers score this in the end phase if two or more enemy fighters are out of action. Yeah. I mean, this to me is sort of like the the base level of like this card is playable. You probably can score it probably in the second round in most matchups. Um, maybe not, you know, in a meta with crushes dominating, but I mean, even against most everybody else that this is reasonably scorable. Um, I think there are definitely better cards right now, but this is the sort of card that this to me is like the minimum requirement of playability for a card that I would even consider. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, like in theory, if you think about it, it's worth three glory because you get the two kills. Um, See, I never, I I never think about cards that way. I I feel like that's, I don't know, because I'm going to get the kills either way. Like, it's pretty rare that I'm playing the game and I'm not trying to get kills. So, to me, it's really... This just incentivizes you to to get kills, though. Maybe you might not want to. That's true. But I I don't know. I've I've heard people say that, use that uh, as an example, and I've just never liked it. But I was just using that as to make this somewhat of a, maybe you can take it. (laughs) I don't personally think that way. Um, Okay. But I know some people do. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. And it's possible that I'm missing something... uh, when they are thinking that way. But uh, I, I just thought that was interesting that I, I've never really thought about it that way. Yeah, no, um, I, I never really either until I, like, one content creator. One second, huh? I'm getting a phone call. You go ahead and continue. Oh, okay. Um, I guess I'll just take the next card here. Um, it is Demolish the Opposition. The text here says, Sometimes the direct approach is the best solution. It is a hybrid end phase card. Score this in the third end phase if there are no enemy fighters in enemy territory. Or there is no more than one surviving enemy fighter for three glory. This is pretty interesting, I think, because we have a lot of uh, cards in the meta right now for um, having all the enemy fighters in or for having all your fighters in enemy territory. And then this one now needs you to have none. <laughs> so theoretically against crushes or something, this could be um, pretty easy to score. I, what I don't love about it is that it's a third end phase card. Um, the second condition for having no more than one surviving enemy fighter is also decent, but a little bit meta dependent. Um, and then I don't like the third end phase aspect of it. So um I think it has a couple issues there, but it's, uh, I think it's interesting as a meta call. 
for um, the strategy we'll see a lot of right now where the enemy is trying to get all of their fighters into your territory. If you're playing a war band where that can't happen, uh, or you can't do that strategy, then um, maybe you'd want to play this as um, you know a counter to it. But I'm not sure. I don't. Uh, I expect we won't see too much of it, but uh, it's interesting to consider it. I think. Right on. Um. So the next card is demolish the opposition hybrid. Score this in the third end phase. If there are no enemy fighters in enemy territory, or there is no more than one surviving enemy fighter. Three glory. Yeah. So to me, the only thing interesting about this card <laughs> is the first condition um, and the current meta where it seems like a lot of uh, there's a lot of glory for being in enemy territory. So this could theoretically be a counter to that strategy. But I think it's uh, still probably a little bit too niche and it's a third end phase card. Um, how do you think about it? Um. Yeah, so aside from countering the enemy territory stuff, um, I don't really think that this card is that good. Um, (laughs) And the reason I say that is because it's going to be really hard to not only make sure that they're all in your territory, but then there's... Like they're either all dead or there's one alive. Uh, yeah, there's just there's a number of warbands where you just know that you're not going to score this, um, and then even the ones where you could score it, you might not. And then it's a third end phase, so it's going to slow your hand down. So, I think I think that's enough uh, reasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I'm not really. I'm not really like. I, I think you could do this right. Like the if I want to stretch the use of this card, I think it comes down to. You're going to play a hyper-defensive, high-damage warband that's going to mm-hmm. hide in your territory, force the enemy to come to you because you can outscore them, out-passive them, and then you have the tools to just murder them, um, which I think is very rare. It can yeah. be done. Like, I think Crushes could do it, maybe, with the current card pull. I think maybe, like a... I don't know, like an aggro hold objective Grimwatch, maybe Lady Harrows. I think there are some options here. But I find it very difficult to do right now. Yeah, I mean, because at some point, it's like it's only a little bit easier than something like Annihilation. Um, I guess there's a little bit of a meta call where, like, maybe if you're doing the Alliance format, uh, maybe you know that you're going to be against, you know, a small warband. Maybe you can count on maybe getting them down to one fighter. But I just feel like there's going to be better options. So it's interesting, though. Yeah, I think the only reason this card is worth anything whatsoever <laughs> is that first option yeah because like three glory is insane you can maybe take some push cards that you know like center of attention pull them towards you things like that that could be fun if it wasn't but a third it, end phase i would like it more yeah that's but. my that's my biggest gripe yeah like if this was just any round great i'd take it <laughs> too many too many qualifications and requirements on this card for it to unfortunately be efficient so let's jump to the next one yeah forbidding strike surge duel for two glory score this immediately after an activation which a friendly fighters attack action took an enemy fighter out of action if that was your first activation in this round and that enemy fighter was holding an objective what do you think (laughs) this is a really interesting card um 
I think it's one of the first cards we've ever seen that um, requires it to be during a particular activation of the game. I don't think we've seen anything like that before. Um, no, I don't think we have. That being said, I think that what I don't like about it is that basically that means you have three opportunities to score it. And in most, I guess if you go second, you have three. But if you go first, you really only have two. <laughs> um, so it's just, uh, it's not easy to do. <laughs> and then, like, if this card was just kill an enemy fighter on an objective, that would be kind of difficult. For two glory, it would be worth it. But it would, for one glory, like, that would still be sort of uh, niche. Um, so, yeah, those it, cards I'd exist it's very right hard now. To do. And they don't even see play. Right. Yeah, this is this is not a you don't you don't play this card. <laughs> if you're questioning it, like stop, yeah. reassess the situation. <laughs> this is a very very hard card to use, a very very inefficient card, and the two glory is a trap. Stay away from this card. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just very complicated. It's one of those cards where you want to like joke around and be like on a Tuesday with one hand behind your back, like like it's just it gets it's so specific. I just uh, can't even take it seriously, honestly. Like, yeah. It's yeah. just not. <laughs> nope. Next Let's go card. to the next one. Then. <laughs> Impending Doom Surge. Score this immediately after an activation if one or more enemy fighters are adjacent to two or more friendly fighters. Yeah. Um, I think this is a pretty good card. This is probably the first one that uh, I think we'll probably see some of. Yeah. Um, like the first thing that uh, it makes me think of is something like Gits where you can just like scurry <laughs> right at them or something. Um, but you know, in general, there's a lot of pushes in the game right now, um, both enemy and friendly. And if you have a pretty solid number of fighters, maybe like five or more, I think this is a card you could at least think about. Um, so yeah, I mean, I like this one. Exactly. So you can, you can do like a charge and then a blindside score. Oh, yeah. You yeah. can do a gets activation or whatever. You can do um, a, a Barclav push. Yeah, we um, just hit counter charge just came out, so you could use that. Yeah, you in can some do counter, counter charge as well. So if yeah. you want to stack in the, the cards and you have other uses for fighters ganging up on enemy fighters, yeah. then I think this is pretty decent. Um, I don't rate it as high as I would maybe other cards because this requires yeah. power card support. Um, so it's not like a natural like good card it's like this is good if you take cards to make it good yeah i think there's a few warbands where it really kind of starts to stick out um like i think i don't know if, i don't know how much synergy there is with the other cards in the pool right now but like a, in a hugging thorns deck or something this would be great um i think it's good you know. with creepers too because you get that push every turn yeah yeah and then just you know any warband with a lot of fighters it's just pretty likely to be open i think so um you know it's a it's a i'd give it like a b probably like it's, you'd think about it, you know? Yeah. I think I gave it a C in my review, but only because yeah. you need multiple push cards. It's probably a C in general, but then the war, for the war bands that I would think about it, it would be like oh, then the it's sixth. A B? Yeah. Then it, yeah. It would be like the sixth surge that maybe I take that, or maybe I take bold conquest, or maybe I take branching fate. You know, like it's one of those. Like, I mean, if you're debating between these three, then click another war band. For <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, jokes aside. Um, <laughs> next card killing strike surge for one glory score this immediately after an activation in which a friendly fighter's attack action took an enemy fighter out of action if that was your first activation in this round 
Yeah, so a lot like Forbidding Strike, um, certainly easier to do because it doesn't have to be the uh, holding an objective, but uh, still probably too hard to take. Pass. Yeah. If this one, what if, would you even think about this one if it was too glory? It's still no. just too random, probably. No, I wouldn't. Yeah, it's too hard to do. If it was three glory, maybe. <laughs> um, next card is Martial Adept Hybrid. Score this in the end phase if one or more friendly fighters each have two or more f- attack action upgrades, or one or more friendly fighters each have three or more upgrades for one glory. <laughs> yeah, I think we've actually seen something very similar to this previously. Um, yeah, bristling with weapons and aggressive display. Yeah, yeah. They both have the same. They both have the two or more attack action upgrades requirement on the card. Yeah, and then we've seen the the upgrade stacking before. Um, yeah, I think the upgrade stacking is playable. Um, I think we've seen like Ripas and Rothgorn and Molog and warbands like that take these cards. So I think that's fine. I haven't ever. Even in a weapons deck, I haven't found it to be worth giving one fighter two weapons. So it's interesting that that's a something that you can score glory off of. But um, so. Well, bristling with weapons and aggressive display are both one glory for mm-hmm. the two. So you could take all three of these. Yeah. Score three glory maybe. And then bristling with weapons has the same other condition, except it's a hunter card. Mm. So, you know, maybe if you can combine all three and you do like loaded with plunder and some other stuff, you can like stack a bunch of cards on, you know, a fighter score like five, six passive glory. And then you can take that one upgrade, which is like arm to the teeth or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you get benefits for like, maybe you have a range two weapon and a range three weapon and your fighter has a range mm-hmm. one attack, you know? So you can have fun with it. I don't know if it's competitive, but the fact that it's an option seems kind of fun to me. Um, yeah. Could be a very decent passive strategy as well. Maybe playing eyes of the nine or something, you want to hide in the back and yeah. then this is your passive glory. And then you just push your opponent into oblivion, which you can do that now. So. <laughs> yeah yeah no i think that makes sense these are the kind of cards that like i'm glad they exist because every now and then you'll want to like use one to fill out your deck um but it's probably a little niche yeah i think there is something there though i'll have to mess around with it and get back to you yeah could be um next card is orchestrated kill surge score this immediately after a friendly fighter's attack action that takes an enemy fighter out of action if the friendly fighter had one or more Supporting fighters for one glory. Yeah. Um, I, I just have never really liked these cards very much. Um, I, I guess I could see if you're making a deck that, you know, is also playing Impending Doom and maybe you're also like Thorns or Gits or something. Maybe this starts being even just playable. <laughs> but um, I think it's too much work. Yeah, agreed. I think... I think there are some universal cards that might be able to, you can like score multiple cards off one activation, but yep. then you're always in that conundrum where like, what if you don't draw them when you need them to? So yeah. this right here is a, is a tough card to score. Agreed. I yeah. Think, I, th- yeah. I think the surge, it being a surge is nice, but if it wasn't a surge, it'd be unplayable. So <laughs> yeah. Um, the next one is a little bit more interesting to me. Uh, Promise of destruction. Score this in the end phase. If there are one or more persistent gambits. Yeah. I think. Um, I like this one. Um, I think it's, I think, you know, I'm glad that it, it's, it's here. Um, I think that there would be some kind of build that uses a lot of persistent cards. Um, I don't know if I, I don't know if we're there yet, but you know, it's, 
It's basically just a combo end phase card. I think you'd really need the persistent cards to be worthwhile. So I'd have to see if there was a deck that was taking like three to four persistent cards in it. Um, and then, then to just to see if I need a one glory card, but um, it's cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I think this is really good with worm spat and uh Starbless stalkers. Could be because they have cycles and they have asterums and then, I think like the vampires have a persistent ploy as well. And I think there are a bunch of persistent ploys in the game now. And there's some in this review that I mm-hmm. think can be worth it. So if you're taking one or two uh, and you're, you know, you're going to eventually score this card. I don't think that's a bad thing at all. I like yeah. it. I honestly like it. I really do. Yeah. I guess the thing is, I don't think you build a deck around this card, but if you have a deck that you find that you have maybe, I'd say three is probably the sweet spot. Um, persistent cards, and maybe you fill, take this one to fill out your objective deck. That's kind of how I look at it. Agreed, yeah. If, you, if it happens to slot in, it's going to work out great. Yeah, because there's not really anything that your opponent's going to do to stop it if your persistent cards are to the end of the round. So uh, Agreed. It's pretty no rare. No one's that really taking like, mundane razor either. Yeah, no one's going to remove persisting effects. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I really like the card art on this card. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. Freaking really cool. <laughs> um, next one is Stinging Strike. Surge, score this immediately after an activation, which a friendly fighter's range three attack action was successful if that was your first activation in the round for one glory. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, basically, just like the other ones, um, you only have three chances to score this. Uh, it is a lot better than the other ones because it just has to be successful. Um, and if you're playing a warband with a lot of range three, I guess you could think about it. Yeah. I think this is the only card out of the three that I actually would consider mm-hmm. because it's the easiest and only in two warbands, maybe three, but two warbands, profiteers and far striders. Mm hmm. You could maybe think of like a turret Hrothgorn build as well. Yeah, well, probably the Castigators. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. those attacks never hit for me. <laughs> but you're always going to shoot, most likely you're going to shoot in that first activation first, anyway. Exactly. So With those three warbands, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Yep, yep, yep. So this is this is something to consider. I don't, we still, I think we can both agree it's not like the most efficient card in the world. Yeah, because most of the time it's going to be a 50-50. And then, unlike almost every other card, you don't have another chance to do it until the next round. So, that's tough. Yeah, agreed. Next one is Untouchable Swarm. Duel for two glory. Score this in the end phase if four or more surviving friendly fighters have one or more charge tokens, and no friendly fighters retain it out of action in this round. <laughs> you tell me, buddy. Um, I mean, this is a terrible card. Um... To the point where I don't even know if it's really even scorable. Um, because you have to have four or more fighters with charge tokens, and none of them can have been t- taken out of action. So, like, if it was just the first part, then you would want to, you know, maybe play it with Gits or something. But then even then, if one of the guys with the charge token dies, then you can't do it. And then if it was just the second part, maybe you'd want to play it in Crushes. <laughs> But like then you then you don't have four. So I don't know. I don't think there's any warband that is good at this. I think everyone is bad at this. I don't think I've ever seen a game 
in which one person, one fighter didn't die in the first round. Like, I mean, I'm sure it's happened, but it's like really rare. It's not, it's yeah, not and, something and I'd like to amend that on. to say like in the, in this current meta, like well, it's yeah, happened yeah. To, like, to all of us, but in this current meta, this is very, very rare. You're not scoring this card, bro. Yeah. No, no, there's no, there's no way there's, you're going to score. It's impossible. <laughs> Maybe in like the next season, but not this one. Not in Dire Chasm. I mean, it's pretty hard to get four fighters with charge tokens on friendly fighters. Because usually somebody with a charge token is going to die. Yeah, that's the whole point. Is like, yeah. not only do you want to like sur- everyone survive, you want to like put them in the most risky position that they possibly can be in. Unless you charge four times and you get four kills and then they just charge you and or a counterattack and they miss... Yeah. You're not getting this. Yeah. And if you do yeah. that, you already won the game. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. there's just no point in at all. Um, <laughs> so overall, that completes the 12 objectives in the deck. I will say that they seem a bit lackluster. Yeah. But that's not the reason why you're buying this pack. And, and we'll get over, we'll go over <laughs> those reasons later because those gambits and upgrades are pretty juicy. Yeah. But because we have to go through everything. um we did and uh jonathan do you have a favorite um i think impending doom is my favorite yeah impending doom oh that one yeah or if you have the two friendly fighters yeah adjacent to an enemy yeah yeah um i think advancing storm is really good for this meta um maybe not as reliable as i'm assuming it will be but i think it's pretty good um I think from a from a design perspective, promise of destruction is probably really neat. To me, yeah, yeah. I think we can I see love a little that bit it of that. Exists. One. Yeah. And I'm happy it's not a surge. <laughs> That's true. Because it'd be pretty silly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be silly. Okay, cool. Well, let's jump to the gambits, good sir. Take it away. All righty. So the first one is Acidic Strike. It's a reaction. Play this after a friendly fighter's successful attack action. Pick one of the target's upgrades and discard that card. What do you think? So this being a reaction, I think, makes it significantly more viable than some of the other card-breaking cards we've seen ever. I think, like, there was, like, the sword for the Harrows. And then the Grimoire has, like, Scrabbling Claws or something. Um, Yeah, yeah. Which I guess is pretty decent. But I think that's an upgrade, right? Yeah, it's an. They have. They actually have two ways. One of them, I think, is a. No, one of them is a gambit. I think that you play it as a reaction after an attack action, and it, you remove an upgrade from each or something like that. Yeah. Um, I would say it's about on par with this one. Um, the reason I like this card is because it's a very charge, a- aggro-ish meta. Mm-hmm. And if you're trying to kill things, and then their your opponent is putting on stuff to make it harder to kill things, you can just react, destroy the thing that's stopping you from killing their fighter, and then you kill their fighter. And that's why I like this card in this meta, and I think it's pretty decent, actually, pretty good in some cases. Yeah, yeah, I think um, I think there's a lot of oppor- I think there are so many good upgrades in the game right now that there's a lot of opportunities for this to like be worth it. Um, there's also a lot of good ploys in the game right now, <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, it'll be hard to fit it, I think. But um, the other, the nice thing about it being a reaction is that 
there have been some warbands recently that want reactions for scoring. I think the Starbucks mm-hmm. stalkers and the mad mob. So, um, that's Beautiful. another, that's another good thing about it. I think. So. Yeah. I, I just like how you can like slap deserve confidence off somebody or a mm-hmm. lost pages or a gauntlet or a silent, uh, you know, armor or a cryptic companion or, or like, a um, what's the one that gives Hrothgorn massive bulk? Yeah. yeah oh, your cool. Hrothgorn has two wounds left with massive bulk. I destroyed your upgrade. He died. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I get two glory. <laughs> Pretty nice to me. You know, I think it's really, I think it's really neat. It's not going to see every deck, but when, when it comes out, you're going to be like, don't hit, don't, you know, damn, that sucked, you know? <laughs> yeah, so. it's a little bit of a meta call because, like, normally you would just want, like, another way to do one more damage or something. But if if the if you know you're not going to get that kill, because you have to do a, it has to be a successful attack. Right. Um, if you know that everybody's so beefy that, you know, it's going to take a lot of attacks to get kills, then, um, you know, this starts to be better. So it'll be interesting to see if people can uh, make it work. Agreed. I will definitely try to make it work. <laughs> the next and one I'll is... Per- I'll piss uh, my pe- opponents off. <laughs> yeah. The next one is Hidden Sting. Uh, also a reaction. Play this after a friendly fighter's successful range one attack action. If there were one or more crits in the attack roll, deal one damage to the target. Yeah, this one reminds me of Grievous Repost a lot, I think. Yeah. But like of. on the opposite way, that card just came back recently. Yeah. Um, so I don't really think rolling a crit in an attack roll is that rare. I think it happens a lot. I think yeah, you'll remember when it doesn't happen more than when you'll remember when it does happen. Um, but that's just human nature. So if you actually look at it objectively, you're probably bound for this to actually happen while this is in your hand more often than not, I think. Um, yeah. Some I would, people I would have, say most attacks that succeed are crits. Yeah. I would say that I mean, I, I can't, I don't know the math behind that, so I won't disagree with you, but I think for me, like, I don't think rolling a crit is hard, and um, I ran headshot in every single Profiteer deck I ever played, and yeah. I scored it in almost every <laughs> single game, mm-hmm. and the, the times I didn't score it is because I just didn't draw it, really, so yeah, I think this is really good for warbands who are looking for extra damage, maybe score unexpected cunning, or... um no unexpected pitfall um yeah because this is ping damage um you can take this with um like a, a warband like despoilers or wild hunt as well maybe starblood stalkers there's that reaction synergy and then yeah. it, it, then secondly you know maybe with like a punch up you just wrecked your opponent you know killed a big fighter and we just saw another card come out that was effectively um pit trap i think for hunters and quarry against hunters and quarry and this is after the uh attack action so you could actually use all three of snare and that one and this one um, yeah on that attack so that's a that's a lot of ping damage which is cool yeah i love this with godsorn as well yeah yeah that's true it's 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 not a bad card i just the problem is is that there's just you mentioned so many good gambits right now. You know? <laughs> That's true. The other nice thing to this is that this gets around guard in a way that uh, snare and the pit trap type cards can't. Yeah. So I like that about it too. And uh, uh, looking at the math on a two smash attack, which is the you know the less likely to crit, um, you'll crit twenty eight percent of the time, and you'll only succeed fifty nine percent of the time. 
So that's just about half. And then on once you get more dice, it, you become more likely. So uh, I think that basically more than half of your attacks are going to be crits or they're going to fail. So yeah, well, either way. Yeah. Roll a critical. <laughs> the next one is hypnotic buzz. Choose one enemy fighter within two hexes of one or more friendly fighters. Push the chosen fighter one hex. So kind of like a worse distraction. <laughs> Yeah, so it's good because it functions yep. similarly to center of attention, which has the same range limitation, yep. right? And that's a good card. So this is a good card. I think that this is not your, going to be your first distraction. You're going to take, obviously, distraction. You're going to take Nightmare in the Shadows. And then you're going to take um, Mirror Move before you take Hypnotic Buzz. Maybe Mirror Move and Hypnotic Buzz are like a... Uh, like a wash but yeah yeah if you're aggressive fighter warband then it's obviously easier to use right yeah i agree i I mean i would put this underneath distraction and nightmare in the shadows although nightmare in the shadows is restricted so um you know there's that and then i think it just depends what your use case is because center of attention is more disruptive but you have to push towards, whereas this will let you push away. Um, so it's more flexible. And then mirror move, you have to use it as a reaction. So, um, you know, you can't just use it whenever you want. So, um, yeah, I think it's worth considering. And the other one that we got recently was the hunger version of this, um, which forget what it was called, but it also requires you to be um, within a few hexes. So, um and that one is Irresistible Hunger. Choose a friendly fighter, give them one hunger, and then push one enemy fighter within two hexes towards. So that one also has to be towards. Um, so this is a little bit more flexible, but you don't get the hunger. So, you know, maybe if you're playing the Crimson Court, you prefer that one, but otherwise you probably don't care too much. Yeah, either way, this is a great card. It's still a distraction. Yeah. There's just a range limitation, which probably means it's balanced. Um, but it's still going to come up often, whether you are charging or getting charged. Cause if you're holding objectives, people are going to try to get you off them and then, you know, vice versa. So I think you're going to see this card often. What I'm looking forward to is when distraction rotates, <laughs> then you'll have to play cards like this. So yeah, that'll be nice. Yeah. Uh, the next one is maddening drone. Choose one enemy fighter that fighters player picks one. Give that fighter one move token, or that fighter is uninspired and cannot be inspired. If they pick the latter, this effect persists until the end of the round, or until that fighter is taken out of action. When this effect ends, the chosen fighter is inspired. What do you think? So I really like choose one cards, and this probably comes from the fact that I used to play uh, Toxic Gases. Yeah. That was like the original choose, make your opponent make a bad decision. I don't know <laughs> if there's ever been a card that is as good as that one. Um, but the thing interesting, the interesting thing that here that's here is that very, very rarely is your opponent going to give a fighter a move token. And so they'll (laughs) just take the uninspire because they'll auto inspire at the end of the round. Right. So the only way I see this is if your fighter that you're targeting the enemy fighter like is significantly worse on their uninspired side. When I say that, I mean like they lose a dodge or a block, you know, they lose Mm -hmm. a defense die. They maybe, you know, have a different, they lose an ability, you know, things like that 
okay, fine. But even then, I'm never probably going to give my fighter a move token unless I don't want the fighter to move in general. Right. So. Yeah, it's it's tricky because obviously in the like in the first round this might be just completely dead because you don't want to inspire them and you don't want, they're not going to give a move token. So maybe if it's a warband that's able to just easily inspire it, it itself. Um which I'm sure there is. I just can't uh, think of a good example. The but the only time I can see someone being like crap <laughs> is if this is like one of their it's this is either like a Hrothgorn or a Moloch situation yeah. or like this is my fight or Ripa or this is my fighter with I put like six upgrades on them because I've lost some of my other fighters and now you're yeah. pretty much making them a lot worse and my potential investment can go away. Right. And that's that's when it starts to shine, I think, is more in the second or maybe the third round. Yeah. Where if you're able to play this on probably the leader, like Rothgorn uninspiring in the second or third round um, might mean that you can kill him. Um, it still still yeah. seems still seems like a little bit of a stretch, but um, Mog, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I wonder what a Mog player would do. Would they take the move token or would they uninspire? I guess it depends on like the positioning and stuff. Um, because they can sort of deal with the move token. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Ripa, I think, would just uninspire, and that makes him a lot easier to deal with. So, um, I would say most most leaders that don't have movement tricks and stuff are going to really prefer not to uninspire, but they're not going to take the move token. So. Yeah, I mean, like, because you play this on, like, a Vortimus or a Stormsire, they go to one defense, and their attack yeah. only does one damage. So, like, that's a, that's a choice. Mm-hmm. But, unfortunately, like a lot of the cards we've <laughs> talked about, Medical... Yeah. But I really do think if you time this right, this can win you a game. I think it could. Um, I think it's a really cool. I think it's really well designed um, because it, it has powerful effects. Um, but it, it it's interesting because you're almost just never going to take the move token. So it, it almost might as well be that be uninspired, except for Molog. <laughs> so, you know, but that that's that's neat. So, yeah, it it is neat. Uh, the next one is Membranous Wings. Um, plus two move to the next friendly fighter to make a charge action. This effect persists until the next friendly fighter's charge action. So another two plus move. Yeah. Um, so I think Membranous Wings is, is certainly a good card, but it doesn't beat Outrun Death and Spectral Wings. Right. Uh, because this is a force on only a charge. Now, if you, again, maybe playing a card like Wild Hunt or Harrow's, where you want to be moving really far and then maybe don't mind charging along the way, then then I don't think it matters. You could probably take all three. But um, great card. Outshined by some current cards in the pool right now, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, the next one is Spirit Comb. Choose one friendly fighter, heal one that fighter, or heal two that fighter if that fighter has three or more upgrades. Um, what do you think? So I think this is really good for that Voltron style of play, which anytime the Voltron play exists, the fighters with the most activation efficiency will receive the most benefit. Yeah. So I'm talking about Moloch, Rothgorn, Ripa, Morgok, maybe even like Gorath, right? Sure. Where you're going to put a lot of investment into them, even Bahanar, right? You'll put a lot of investment into them. They're going to have on average three to five uh, you know, upgrades a game. 
You don't want them to die. You get a free two heal. It's not bad. It's not bad at all. Yeah. If you take this, I think Ferocious Resistance goes in most of those, right? Yeah. So you yeah. play that. This is a great backup if you get a bad roll. Um, but, you know, this coupled with Hottie Resistance, Ferocious Resistance, and Healing Potion means that you'll never, your fighter will never die. Yeah. Do you like this one better than Healing Potion? How do you think about I that? I do because the Healing Potion is you have to roll a die. Yeah. Whereas, like, your big boy will have three upgrades on them in the second round <coughs> if you're playing yeah. the game correctly. Yeah, that's true. And that's, that's when true. you that's when you're that's when you might die second round, right? <laughs> so right. then you heal. Two is not a lot, but it's sometimes enough. Yeah, two is pretty solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a a solid addition to some of the healing. I like it better than some of the other options. Um, I like that it's better late game than early game. So. Um, yeah, we'll see how much use it gets. Uh, the next one is Strength of the Swarm, plus one dice to the next attack action made by a friendly fighter if the attacker has one or more supporting fighters. In addition, plus one damage to the next attack action made by a friendly fighter if the attacker has two or more su- uh, supporting friendly fighters. This effect persists until the next attack action made by a friendly fighter. What do you think? So, I don't necessarily like this card very much. I think... If you're playing this, you're just trying to get plus one dice if you have a supporting fighter. Yeah. But then, like, you made... You were talking to me about the other day, and you said, well, is it, like, what was the, what was the card you named? Uh, uh, well, they just reprinted Determined Effort, which is yeah. plus one dice. Yeah, and you were like, do you think Determined Effort's a good card? I was like, no. And you're like... <laughs> and I was like, you're right. It's not good. <laughs> yeah. Because basically, what you're doing is you're taking you're taking a, a relatively low power, like like I think as a community, I think we've just decided that the math of the of card value and dice value and stuff means that plus one dice is usually not worth a single card. So if you also require support, then it's it's just way harder. And so the only reason you take this one if you is if you think you're going to have that double support to get the plus one dice and plus one damage, because um, then that has an immense value. It just has a pretty difficult condition. Um, so I don't know. I think it's an, interest, an interesting option. Um, it just seems very hard to do unless you're playing like maybe Thorns or Gets. Yeah, agreed. And even then it's still, there are just cards that are just better. Most likely, yeah. Yeah. Maybe you could maybe you could make something work in Gets, but you, you know, you have Inspired Attack and Punching Up, so <laughs> I think you just do this. Um, the next one is Swarming Advance. Choose one friendly fighter in enemy territory. Push up to two other friendly fighters one hex so that they are closer to the chosen fighter. Uh, this one's really cool, I think. I think this is a great card. Yeah. I think this is a fantastic card. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like you, two steps forward. <laughs> it really is. You just, or I think it's more akin to a drifting advance in a way. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Like, because you have to move forward. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you're playing aggro, cool, you charge in, push, push. This is pretty much like this with, like, Tooth Dagger's reaction is insane on Madma. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's true. Um, and then if you're an objective player, I think, and, and that's why I made that Drifting Advance comparison, you can use this, like, you like Thorns player, use Drifting Advance. You can set up behind the objectives, Swarming Advance, you know, score your time victory, hidden purpose, or whatever. Yeah, you could. 
Yeah. Yeah. I like that it requires the one friendly fighter in enemy territory. Um, Who's scoring you swift capture. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I like that. Um, it's, it's cool design space and uh, I think it's pretty solid for most aggro. So I've been, I know I've been taking sidestep in a fair amount of aggro decks and now you probably just take this. Um, and once you have a number of, like well, once you have like three or four fighters in enemy territory, it starts becoming really flexible because you can pick any of them. Yes. But even then, just cool. like if you're just trying to jump into uh, enemy territory, this is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And this Very can simple. help offset terrible board setups as well. Yeah. Uh, the next one is Swarming Strike. The first friendly fighter to make an attack action in the next activation is considered to have one additional supporting fighter. So basically an accuracy boost there. It's not better than Determined Effort, though. <laughs> I don't think it is. Um, there are some interesting like combos, I guess you could do with this, with some of the other like support effects. But it strikes me as just kind of hard to do. <laughs> Agreed. I, and I also think it's like a support is considered a half die. Not even. Like half a dice plus, um, plus half dice, 0. 0.5 dice. It's better. I think it's better for swords. 100% um, better for than swords. it is. Which is the only reason I would maybe consider it. But 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 I don't know many warbands. It's actually really swords. good. It's actually really good for if you're going from Fury. If you have three Fury, it's actually really good. It's like better. It's better than plus one dice, I think. R- right. But I, I don't know if there are very many warbands that are all hidden on Fury. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not bad. Um, it's just... Uh, I don't know. I think there are probably better options. Um, but, you know, maybe it opens up stuff like the strength of the swarm if you really want to try to do something like that. Um, you know, or some of those objectives for having, you know, fighters next to each other, maybe, you know, but a little bit niche. Um, the mm-hmm. next one is the last gambit here, Symbiote's Call. Pick one feature token within one hex of one or more friendly fighters, then pick one. Flip that token or push one friendly fighter one hex so they are in the same hex as that token. Uh, I like this one a lot. Yeah, I, I really do too. Um, pretty much, if you're trying to hold objective, this is a free sidestep for you. Yep. Um, if you're trying to feed the beast grave, or you can flip <laughs> a token. If you're trying to counter feed the beast grave, you can reflip the token back over. So I think there's a lot of really good synergy and use cases with this card, whether you are um holding objectives or attempting to destroy the objectives um yeah exactly i i I think also yeah i think like the fact that you can have a sidestep a symbiote's call and then maybe another sidestep is really good yeah i I, and i I really like that it works that way because if you're playing an objective deck one of the things you're probably afraid of right now is feed the beast grave you won't see it very often but when you do it's like a nightmare so if you take this, then most of the time it's just a sidestep, but then you have the extra utility of, you know, being able to flip something back, which will really mess up feed the beast grave because they don't usually have a ton of extra flippability um, in the deck. Like it's usually, they'll, you know, they'll usually complete it in the third round sometime. So you can make them work harder um, and be able to score some of your own stuff, which I like. So um, very cool. Um, and that's it for the gambits. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a favorite one? Um, 
I guess my favorite from just a pure strength perspective is Storming Advance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do have, I think the design on some of these is really cool though. Yeah. I think Symbiote's Ball is probably my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That's a really, that's, that's probably the second best or if not tied for best on the set. Um, but I really like how like there's a more balanced distraction. You can destroy upgrades. Sometimes you can roll, you know, making your opponents take choices, rolling yeah. critical successes. So like this is that's really cool to me is the fact that like a lot of these cards are like maybe not good at first glance, but they're not bad at first glance either. And then trying to figure out how you slot them in because I can definitely see you winning a tournament with acidic strike in your deck, or even a hidden sting, you know, or even a hypnotic buzz. Or even a member, a member in a swings. I mean, like, you can you can really do that. Um, yeah. And I think that's a really cool part of this this deck, or at least this these set of cards within the deck. Yeah, I would say that most of these are like very playable. Like, this isn't an awful gambit deck for ten of ten of ten cards. And I, I, and I guess no. that's you know sort of the intention here is that it would be a sort of playable by itself, and I, I think that it is. Um, I think that competitively, you'll see some of these cards used more than others um but most of them you know have a use so i like that um i think we i think swarming advance and symbiotes call are probably the two that we'll see the most of but uh hidden sting acidic strike hypnotic buzz i think they all have their place spirit cone so yeah cool okay well let's jump to the universal upgrades i think this were probably the strongest cards in the set lie yeah um and we're starting off very strong here <laughs> with augmented limbs this fighter is a quarry if this fighter is a quarry, this fighter's range one attack actions at plus one dice. Yeah. So, I mean, basically it's strength of terror, but it's range one. Um, still incredible if you're range one. <laughs> yeah. Incredible card. Helps with quarry scoring as well. Yeah. This is an A plus in my book. Fantastic card. Yeah. It opens up the um, uh, quarry objective holding situation um, that we talked about last time um, even more. So, yeah. yeah. just It's great. It's great. Very nice. Yep. <laughs> um, next one is Chitin Scimitar. It yep. is a melee weapon. Three fury, two damage with cleave. If you roll no successes, you can reroll one dice in the attack roll. What do you think? Um, I like this one in general. Um, three die, three fury with cleave is pretty accurate um, for a, a weapon, weapon upgrade. Um, and then the reroll ability probably makes this um about as accurate as three smash in general i guess um i don't I, I think the problem with this card is it's competing against the three smash uh versions of weapons um but i think it's decent yeah i mean i, I like it uh, and fun fact that you know, even if it has cleave which i know doesn't really <laughs> matter to you i put in my review even jonathan can't hate on this I saw one that. <laughs> yeah so I, I mean i consider this cleave to be free like, I don't think you're yeah. really paying for it. And no, so you're paying for a great weapon that can reroll a die if you miss. Yeah. In the situation where the cleave is applicable, I think this is a solid weapon. I just think it's competing against, uh, like, the silent sword or, you know, things like that, which I think are a silent sword. little bit better. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I still think, you know, overall, I think we both agree. Pretty pretty solid card here. Yeah. Nice weapon. Uh, next one is Chitin Spear. Mm. Melee, no, sorry, range two, two smash, two damage. If you roll no successes, you can reroll one attack and the one dice in the attack roll. Um, what do you think? Um, yeah, another solid one. Um, 
if this one had cleave, I would like it even more. Um, but uh, <laughs> ooh, hot take from Dom. <laughs> um, I I just think that it uh, like it's not better than the um, soul tooth spear. We have a soul tooth spear, right? I think the soul tooth and the amber bone variants are better. Yeah, so that that's really its only weakness is just comparing it to other cards. There's not anything wrong with this attack action. No. Um, so, like, if you don't own the other two, you can take <laughs> this, and I wouldn't judge you. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, next one is collector reaction after this fighter's activation, in which this fighter makes an attack action that takes an adjacent enemy fighter out of action. Give this fighter one upgrade from your hand. What do you think? Um, I think this is like a little bit of a trap card. Um, mm-hmm. If you get this out early, then you'd think that it would give you a lot of efficiency, but most likely your glory is going to outpace the number of upgrades in your hand. Um, so you don't need, you just don't need it. Um, yeah. It's really only like right at the beginning of the game when you have like three upgrades and two glory that like it would even start to be useful. And then it's, it, but it's, so it's just, just not worth the deck slot. You're, yeah, and it just it, it takes a glory to, to, to even you yeah, know, use the ability. Exactly. It's just, <laughs> it's no bueno. Yeah. Okay, well, next one is Extruded Snare. It's a range three, three fury, one damage attack action upgrade. If this attack action succeeds, give the target one move token, then discard this card. What do you think? Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> this one plus the, uh, the, net, the, the two nets that we have that give charge tokens. Um, this is a lot of control on attack actions. Yeah, you can take three nets. This is yeah. probably the best one in terms of range. Yeah, yeah, the range three three. range. Um, and you also don't discard it unless it succeeds. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I didn't know. So this that is one. why I think this is the best net out of the mm-hmm. bunch because soul tooth net you get one shot if you miss. Oh well, barbladen net you have to be a hunter. Which right. is not that big a deal nowadays, but if yeah. you were like playing Skaven, you take this and Soul Tooth, right? Yeah, yeah. So. Very, it's it's really good. <laughs> it's a good card. It's a, but yeah. interestingly, Soul Tooth gives a charge uh, move, a charge token, and Barbladen gives a charge token. So yeah. move token is pretty solid, um, and that's probably why they got the extra range because it's not as punishing if it goes off uh, yeah it's still really strong though yeah i mean the, the range three kind of makes up for the move token because the main weakness would be the range two fighters that you're giving the move token to agreed um a little bit worse against Malog because of his shenanigans but uh great in general great against crushes um so very, yes very good. last card i like it <laughs> um next one is regenerative cycle yeah. The reaction after this fighter's activation, discard one or more power cards. Heal X this fighter where X is the number of power cards you discarded. Oh boy. What do you think? <laughs> um, I mean, this I, this is basically the best heal that we've seen. Um, at least it can be. It can be. Um, and I, I think, think it's the most balanced heal we've ever seen. Uh, I think I disagree with you there a little bit. I think that um, when you need to use this card, it, w- it, w- it wins you the game. And you don't care You don't care how many cards you throw away. Like if, if you're playing Molog or Hrothgorn or Crusha and you just need to heal three or four, you, like, you don't care. So you're just going to equip it and then charge and then you'll heal. 
and you'll, you'll happily throw everything I'll, away. You know? Sure. I also think a lot of the cards that you need to win those games with said fighters are upgrades. Yeah. And that's half your deck. So yeah. depending on draw order, this could really... And this is an upgrade as well. Mm-hmm. So you have to have this equipped as well. So, I mean, you're right. It can, I think either way, this card can win you games. Uh, yeah. I just think that it's so competitive to build a deck nowadays in terms in terms of like what cards you're giving like, you know, adding to your roster or your deck mm-hmm. that for you to throw, like if you told me I have to discard like a great strength and a great fortitude to win a game, yeah, I'd do it. But if, if I had to do that in order to survive and then try to kill your fighters, like, you know, that's, that's, that's still good, right? So it's yeah. a good card, but I don't like throwing away my cards, me personally. Yeah. So my no, personal opinion is this is lower. But I do like the design of it because I think it's fair. Yeah, I think I see that. Um, I think that there's going to be some decks where this just works really, really well. I think there's going to be, I mean, we already see to the end and a lot of card draw in the game right now. So this could theoretically be like, you know, maybe you're just throwing, maybe you're healing three or four, maybe you're healing five. Um, It's just very, very powerful. Like once it goes down on a fighter, I'm not really sure you try to kill that fighter anymore. You know? Um, just because they have it in their pocket. And obviously, like, the mo- the best example is Moloch. Like, if Moloch gets this in the first round, like, you probably just don't try anymore. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's true, because this and Ferocious Distance means he'll never die. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I guess they, for everybody else, like, Moloch aside, I guess, the fact that they have to activate before they use this does limit it a little bit. Um but it, I think it's incredibly powerful. I think it's uh, I think it's a really really good card. But uh, you're right that it does reduce the amount of other things that you do that round, which is is cool. And you can't like put it on somebody that already has a charge token, which I think is good. I mean, you can put it on them, but you're not going to be able to use it. Yeah. So yeah, I, like that I, I just it. I think I think it's I don't disagree that it's good when it, when the heal works. Yeah. I just don't know if I would ever be comfortable pulling the trigger on the heal <laughs> consistently. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know it is. It is expensive in that regard, but I think that it's just one of those cards where, like, when you need to use it, it's worth it. Um, and I feel like, I feel like it would probably happen. That would happen pretty often. So, but maybe the maybe there's just enough other heals in the game right now that you don't need it. That's that's completely possible. But yeah, um, something to keep an eye out for in the future. Yeah. It just doesn't cost anything. Like if your leader gets hit for three damage right at the beginning and you have one glory to put the upgrade on, then you can just say, well, I'm going to dump these cards and then, you know, get them healed back up. You know, so it's, I don't know. I I think it's pretty strong. Yeah. I mean, you might be right. Using, you know, cards as a resource could be cool here. Um, Yeah. Maybe you even take extra cards in that deck, you know, (laughs) an extra card draw. Oh, that's hilarious. I don't know. Now you're, now you've lost me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, let's go to the next one. Savage Soldier. This fighter has the following cumulative benefits determined by how many upgrades they have. Two plus. Two or more upgrades. They get plus one dice to their range of attack actions. Four or more upgrades. The fighter's attack actions have cleave and ensnare. Ironically, there's a creeper on the art and they hit at range two. Yeah. But, uh, the card only works for range one. So plus one dice. And Cleveland and Snare if you have four upgrades, which you probably will. Yeah, notably the Cleveland and Snare do work on ranged attacks, so that's something. 
That is true. Um, so I'm going to consider. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, this is a really good card. Um, I don't think there's any, I don't think that's really debatable. Um, it's, I don't think it's as good as, uh, uh, what's the one we just saw augmented limbs, um, in general, no. I don't think it's cause I mean, basically it just isn't cause they're the same. The first effect is the same, correct? but you can just put it on as the first upgrade. So, but they're pretty close. I would say, you know, what's the chance that this is going to be the first upgrade. It's also going to depend on the warband that you're playing. Um, the second one, Cleveland and Snare, I think Cleveland and Snare is great. Um, it's math-wise, it's usually plus one dice, and it also completely shuts down guard, so I like that. Um, and getting to four upgrades is a little bit harder than three for, like, deserve confidence, but it's not that hard. Um, and you get the other effect, so. Um, probably the biggest limitation to this one is just the range one part of it. Um, like, that's going to be the reason why certain warbands don't take it. It's the range one. But uh, for range one warbands, it's really good. Yeah, I think if you're if 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 you're ever playing a warband where both of these conditions apply, this is a very, very good card. Um, yeah. you're, everyone's doing Voltron. Everyone's going to stack upgrades. This plus deserve confidence plus like whatever the hell else you want to put on here mm-hmm. means that your fighter is going to do some crazy things on the battlefield offensively and defensively. Um, it's actually going to be quite savage. So, <laughs> and even I if you're playing like a bigger warband like Godsworn Hunt, like the chances of you having another upgrade to put on are pretty reasonable. So, yeah, yeah cause, pro- exactly because it, it counts there. for itself. So you maybe like throw like a great strength on you upgrade yeah. Grundin, and the opponent's like, okay, well I'll you know get a reroll on defense, and then you're like, okay, well now I'm at four dice with Grundin or three dice yeah. or whatever, you know. So it works. It works in a lot of ways. It works in Vamps, Mad Mob, yeah. um. Crushes, Kagras, I mean, you name it. It's good. Yeah, it's 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 strong. Sure. Yeah. Um, next one is Silent Armor. It's a Silent Relic. So I yeah. think this is the s- third one we've seen. We've seen the Helm of the Sword before this mm-hmm. card. So this is the Armor. Fighter is a quarry. If this fighter is a quarry, this fighter has the following, moving re- following reaction. After this fighter's move action, remove all guard tokens from enemy fighters adjacent to this fighter. They also get plus one wound if this fighter has two more relics. What do you think? Yeah, um, so I like the Relic bonus. Plus one wounds is always good. Um, and two is a pretty achievable number, so I like that. Um, the reaction is very niche um, to the point of it, you just can't really count on that. Um, I don't think you play this card for the reaction. Yeah, and it doesn't counter something like Buried Instinct because of the timing no. on it. So they this, have to this- already have the card. <laughs> <laughs> this card is only taken if you want plus one wound and if you're running a bunch of relics that are silent in order to activate other silent relic effects. I agree, yeah. There's no other reason you play this card. Right, right. <clears throat> and the plus one wound is really nice. It's That's very true. Good. Yep. Very good. Um, Next one is another silent relic. Silent ring. Um... Fighter's quarry. If this fighter's quarry has following reaction, reaction after this fighter's activation. If you have three or fewer, fewer power cards in your hand, draw one power card. Also, plus one dice. This fighter's range when attack actions. If this fighter has two or more silent relics, what do you think? Um. So I like this one. Um. So in general, basically for everyone except Molog, <laughs> or like maybe Rothcorn, or a leader where you think you're going to get tons of actions. Um. I think this is okay. 
Like, basically, if you're only going to get one card per round, I think this is okay. Um, I prefer, like, the Mortis Relic. I think spending the glory is is worth that extra card. Even, or it's not even really an extra card. It's like, it's an, it's, it's, it is an extra card, but then you have to throw it away. Um, so I don't like it as much as the Mortis Relic for, like, the one use. But for the bigger fighters where you think you're going to be able to get to use it more than once, then I think maybe I start to like it the same or more. Um, and then I like the plus one dice to range one, but I'm not sure how many of the other relics I like. So I'm a little mixed on this one. Yeah, I think... So first of all, I think if you want to play silent relics, you take the ring, the helm, and the armor. Um, if you like need a weapon... The sword is good if you need an attack action upgrade. Yeah. That's the only reason I think you need it, because it gives you ensnare. Yeah. And then you get that plus one damage in no man's territory, but I don't know. I'm not really feeling it. I like the fact that the helm reduces a crit to a regular success. Yeah. I like how you can get an extra wound with the armor. I like how the helm also gives you a reroll in your defense rolls, and then this gives you additional dice on the attack rolls. So your fighter becomes pretty tanky and pretty accurate, which I think is really cool. Um, I do like the reaction a lot because it just makes it even easier because you can, you were essentially right now, everyone takes Duel of Wits, Crown of the Dead, and then either Quick Search or a Natural Truce. Yeah. So now you replace a Natural Truce with this card because on average, you'll get two per game from this card, from this reaction. You're not giving your opponent one card. And then you always take Duel of Wits because it's free and it's good. And then yeah. you take Crown of the Dead, and now you don't have to spend a restricted slot on Quick Search. Mm. Yeah, you that's can take both. I, yeah, Or you could take both, but that's why I like this card. No, I mean both I the Crown and this. I hadn't thought about that, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was saying, exactly. So um, that's why I, I, I think it's such a good card, is because it's not better than Crown. But with Crown, it's insane. Yeah, that's true. I can see that. I don't know if I don't know if at that point you start taking more Mortis relics or Silent relics, but um, maybe you just don't need to if you're doing a card draw deck. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I personally the only Mortis relic I think worth taking right now is Crown of the Dead. Hmm. Yeah, because we have enough I, other push effects that maybe you don't yeah. need command anymore. I don't care to activate Morgok four times or with his action to push or, or pull someone around. You know, dom. Yeah. So, I, for me. You know, yeah. that, that might be a hot take, but that's why <laughs> I like it. I think that makes sense. Last card, Swift Soldier. This fighter has the following cumulative benefits determined by how many upgrades they have. If they have two or more upgrades, plus one move. Four more upgrades, plus two move. What do you think? I don't like this one very much. <laughs> card art is cool. Yeah. The ever hanged, I guess. Hanging out. Yeah, no bueno, sir. Yeah, I mean... Four upgrades for two move. You know, we just have better versions. So, yeah. <laughs> just take Savage Speed. You don't even need yeah. five, four upgrades at that time. Um, cool. I guess there had well, to be I a think, dud eventually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there were some great upgrades like tailing that out, right? And it started yeah. off pretty strong too. So, actually, I think we thought all of these were good except Collector and Swift Soldier. So, yeah, the upgrades are pretty yeah. freaking good. Um, Jonathan, what are your thoughts on your standout of the bunch of upgrades we've just went over? Um, for me, I think it's going to be 
I think regenerative cycle is going to be the one that we remember, or this is the one I'm going to keep my eye on. Um, you make me feel like I'm sleeping on it just a little bit. <laughs> I think it's I think it's pretty good. Um, I think obviously we're going to see augmented limbs, but yeah, uh, re- regenerative cycle is probably my my hot take, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's really strong. It's good. I, I don't disagree. Um, I think I like Savage Soldier. Yeah. And extruded snare, and silent armor, and silent ring, and <laughs> chitin scimitar. Yeah, they're all they're all good. I think I think I think I like Savage Soldier. If I was an Underworld's rapper, that'd be my name. <laughs> I think I'm gonna definitely use augmented limbs, extruded snare, regenerative cycle. I'm not sure about the relics yet. Uh, I have to think about those some more. Um, Savage shoulder, shoulder, I think is good. I just think I'm going to take augmented limbs first because I don't want to have to do the upgrade stacking and getting to four is kind of hard, but I might take both of them. Um, and then I might just not even bother with strength of terror, which opens up another restricted slot for something else. So it's going to depend on the deck, but um, it's a, we just have a ton of accuracy right now and we yeah. haven't had a restricted list in what seems like forever. So <laughs> I'll tell you why I like the silent stuff off yeah. the podcast and then we'll share that after oh. my competitive ambitions S- either crash or or you know continue <laughs> on so okay. um good might be messing around with some stuff in wtc right now Ooh. speaking of wtc quick side tangent i made it out of a group with three morgoks including myself and a seraphon stalker <laughs> which is val which yeah. uh was really cool um val and i both made it out of the group stages and now we're in the top 32, trying to make it to the top 16. Uh, I wanted to give a huge shout out to our patrons. Um, if you exclude me, 10 of our patrons made it to the group of uh, the top 32. Wow. Wow, that's almost so, a third, yeah. That's that's insane. A th- almost a third of the people competing are Team Path <laughs> to Glory, extended family here. So, love Very you cool. guys. And, and it just goes to show that... Um, we run deep we are mob <laughs> very cool so um yeah very very cool i was very proud of that i actually went through the list and was like that's a patron that's a patron that's a patron <laughs> and then i typed the number and i was like hold on man hold, oh crap i missed this person you know so um very cool stuff so um overall um for me i think should you buy this yeah i do think you should and i'm not saying that because games workshop gives me free stuff um, <laughs> i'm saying it because I think there's some crazy upgrades in here and there's some solid gambits in here. Mm-hmm. And I think you can maybe find one or two upgrade uh, objectives that you need. That's my, that's my personal take. Yeah. I think that the upgrade, I think the objectives are definitely the weak spot, but like mm-hmm. particular, like if you're, if you're in a, you know, an old player, you're going to buy it cause you gotta, you gotta buy everything. <laughs> if you're you a new player, I do think this is a pretty good buy because of the quality of the gambits and the upgrades. Um, pretty much everything works you can put it in a deck it's not bad um, there might be a niche card that's a little bit better um you know in one of the other packs maybe in beast grave you know maybe something in a war band you don't want so you know or don't want right away or so you know i think it's a good buy um from that perspective um i don't know what i think about it as being a, a complete deck um because I, I don't think there's that many warbands where this works in a cohesive way. Um, I think this was the safest way in which they can say this deck works with every warband. 
Yeah. It would be interesting to see. I don't know. Like, so, I, I guess I could see like a store tournament where everybody just had to use these cards and then they got to pick different warbands. That would be interesting. That'd be an interesting way to like launch this product or something. If you know, people were playing in real life. Um, yeah. Cause like the, I was, I was thinking like maybe you can't score a stinging strike because some fighters don't have a ranged attack action, but the, the nets in here, that's probably why it's range three. It's because yeah. stinging strike is a range three <laughs> attack. It's going to score off that. So yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, really funny. <clears throat> I don't know. The, those objectives are some strange, some strange things. So <laughs> I don't know what that game would look like or what warband would be best at it, but, uh, interesting to try it. I mean, you could do it with a iron hail rapid reload first round activation. Yeah. Yeah, they're that, not, you could do it. They're not that's bad. that's pretty reliable. Or like a Daco, two shots with your arrow. Hopefully, you're inspired, so you're hitting for three three. You know. Um, well, I don't think the second attack would count. It's so. a reaction to the to activation. Yeah, which means that it's not in the activation. So. Um, yeah, I don't. Think yeah. It works, but I don't know. Maybe yeah. the reactions don't work then. Either way, I think I'm glad to have more cards. Um, I feel sure. like we do start to have a lot of cards now. Um, yeah, I, well, I think we got like we got Essentials Pack, Crimson Court Universals, <laughs> Mad Mob Universals, Silent Menace. Yeah, all yeah. in like three weeks. It's a lot. Four weeks. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah. So we have a, a lot, and, and there's a lot of overlap with things like um, accuracy, and um, we haven't got any more health in a while, which is probably a good thing, but uh, or damage. <laughs> but um yeah the accuracy in particular and the healing i think we're starting to see a lot of so that's int- that'll yeah. interesting to you, see what that does to the meta you just jinxed us so. <laughs> um well look let's um i think that that covers the um the warband there or not the warband the deck and overall i think we think it's pretty good you should get it if it wasn't if we didn't get it for free we would have bought it yeah don't know if it's because we're completionists, but I think there's some good cards in here. I think worst case scenario, you buy this for augmented limbs. Augmented limbs. <laughs> yeah. Like it's worth it just for augmented limbs. Um <laughs> and the we've uh, got the push card swimming advance, I think, is yeah, tasty. It's good. Is good. Yeah. Is good. All right. Well, we've got two patron questions to round out the episode. Great. So um, Jonathan, first question for you. Hi there. So Mr. Teacher. In the light of the arrival of the Silent Relics, do you think they're going to have a similar impact on the meta to that of the Mortis Relics? If so, logic dictates that part of that set could be restricted. (laughs) Second question is, do you see that happening? Which ones do you consider to have more possibilities of getting hit by a far list? Thanks a lot. Keep the great content coming. Thanks, Mr. Teacher. (laughs) Um, So far, I don't think any of them are really that good um so because let's break the question down yeah right do you think they have a similar impact to the mortis relics so i'm going to say no um because i don't think they're um i don't think silent armor is worth taking at all because i think there are better ways to get plus one wound and so really the only reason to take it is to activate another silent relic um, but I think there are enough other silent relics that you're, it's probably, you'll probably just take a different one. Um, we have seen people taking the crown. Um, that's what it's called. The helm? Crown, the helm. Um, and I, but I'm not convinced 
that it's that great. Um, I think the, I don't know. So far, I'm just not that impressed by the silent relics. I think the fact that they make you a quarry is something that is meaningful. I mean, I think that in a absolute stillness and like a quarry style deck, I think there's something there. Um, but I don't think it's, I don't think they're anywhere near as just like the raw power of the Mortis relics. Um, being able to just draw card after card after card and then push, push, push is much more powerful. And then the Silent Ring, I, I think you've sold me on that one a little bit. I think it is pretty good. But you do have to keep playing your cards in order to get under three in order to draw back up two. Or get to three, I guess, to draw back up to four. So I think that's a little bit limiting. Um, maybe you want to do that anyway. But um, I think it's a little bit more limiting. Um, so my initial impression would be that these are all fine. Um, and I don't know. So you don't think any of them would be restricted? I, not that I, not that I can think of so far. If we get one more and it's like by itself, like an A tier card, then I'll probably change my mind. Um, because then the stacking bonuses start to get really good. Right. But currently I, I guess I feel like each one is worth like half of a card right now. And then the bonus starts making it worth like maybe the two together are worth three cards. So I don't, and I don't like having to wait on that investment, if that makes sense. Fair um, enough. That's kind of where I'm at. What do you yeah. think? Um, I think I disagree. Okay. Um, I think if you want to compare this to Mortis Relics, I think Mortis Relics are stronger. There's no doubt in anyone's mind, I think. Yeah. Um, I think there are certain scenarios in which the silent relics in conjunction with other universal cards out there can be quite powerful and rival, if not exceed the power of mortis relic stacking. Um, so I think for me, I think the silent relics all offer something that are of value. Do I think that they have a similar impact on the meta as mortis relics? No. Do I think that they're going to be restricted? No. I agree with you there. I think on the power level of the cards is where I will slightly disagree with you. I would challenge you and say that the sword is great for any sort of warband that wants a weapon. Yeah. I agree um, with that. It has a, you know, the, the ring is good for draw strategies. Um, and the helm is good for keeping your fighters more survivable because it turns a critical success into a regular success. Mm -hmm. And then, and then additionally, um, it gives you a reroll if you have more than one. And then the armor gives you plus one wound. So you can stick the armor and the helm and you can have plus one wound cancel out the first crit and a reroll. Um, you can do the armor and the ring and you can draw a bunch of cards and get a movement reroll. And then you can do the sword and the armor and you get the, you know, or the sword and the ring plus one dice on the attack. It's four smash potentially doing three damage. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that there's some really good scenarios. And I think the Silent Relics are very similar to the way I feel about this pack. Situationally fantastic. Yeah, and I think that if what you're looking for is a quarry strategy, and you're going to really lean into that synergy, then I think it makes them better Yeah. Um, as well. You know, maybe it even makes, you know, builds like getting kills with quarry, um, like the uh, Dread Paget can do a little bit. Maybe it makes that, maybe it's, you start to open up that kind of stuff. And that's pretty that's interesting. That's a good point. It's very true. Um, so yeah, I think they're cool. I, I think that they're much 
they're balanced in a much um much better More palatable way. fashion yeah like the the value that you're getting is in general one card's worth maybe a little bit less initially maybe a little bit more once you start stacking which i don't mind um i think the mortis relics are broken so yeah <laughs> it's really hard to compare like a, a, you know a set of compounding effects on upgrades to them because they're fundamentally right. broken yeah i mean those are like basically like they don't even need their bonuses to be as good as they like to be great cards. And then they have the incredible bonuses. So, um, so yeah. Yeah. Those cards were made for arena mortis and should have stayed there. <laughs> yeah. Um, seem like that. next question is from Dylan Paul, an aspiring champion. Thank you, Dylan, for supporting us. Yeah. I'm not sure if this is a meaty enough question for the next episode or not, but here <laughs> goes. How many plus move cards do you typically include when taking all three speed objectives? Any lists, gathered momentum, cover ground, wing of death. And how many of them do you prefer to be ploys, spectral wings, versus upgrades to have at speed? I found trouble using the upgrades because they're not very helpful in my first hand, which is, which is when I really want to see the speed package objectives. Interested in your thoughts, love the podcast and blog, keep up the great work. Thanks, Dylan. You're the best. Um, that's really kind of you. Um, I I play the speed package a lot, um, and I think for me, I'm very comfortable with two plays and upgrade. Yep, very comfortable with that. Yeah, and I guess we did just get the third option. Um, if you want to take three gambits, I guess you could take Melk and Grace, but I'm not a big fan of that one. Um, but I think th- I'm actually to the point where in my decks nowadays, if I can avoid taking the speed package, I will because of how much um, it takes out of my Gambit deck. Yeah, that's um, one thing I've been thinking about too, actually. It's like, do I need Spectral Wings now on death? You know, because I kind of want to take these other cards, but I can't because yeah. I need these to score these. <laughs> so It starts being a lot of like real estate. Um, great way to put it it's 20% of your deck Um, but if if you are going to do it and I think it is pretty powerful for a lot of warbands then uh, I think 2 and 1 is the sweet spot if you have some card draw in there I like it even more Um, I have taken Proud Runner as like a fourth one in some decks Um, and then I'll also take Surge of Aggression in those decks and then you kind of have four speed cards if, if you're using Proud Runner to get it um because then be you really can get yeah, the surge of aggression too. Yeah, that's a good shout. I wonder if you can just do proud runner, spectral wings, arrow and death. I think if you have five move, you absolutely can. Yeah, like Grimwatch and Skaven and Wild Hunt and the Bat just does it for free. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think of that probably. I don't know how many of those guys really want to do lean into primacy like that. So but, yeah, uh, well that that's a good point. But uh, Dylan, uh, I think. I think you're good. I think you're doing it right. <laughs> I think you're maybe getting unlucky with some draw. Yeah. But don't be afraid to throw away hands when they're bad. And of course, yeah. um, <clears throat> of course, uh, you know, put some draw tech in there. Dula Wits <laughs> should be in every deck, honestly. So, yeah. Yeah. Basically, I would, if that first hand doesn't have Dula Wits or one of the ways to score your speed bag, it's just to toss it away. It, it almost doesn't yeah. matter what else it does have. Yeah. Because like he says, the, the, uh, you want to see those in the first round. So, 100%. 100%. And that's another reason why I think if you can move away from it, it's worth considering because 
if you don't draw them in the first round or maybe the second, sometimes they can be hard to score. Particularly winged death, I think, can, if you don't have ranged fighters, um, can be kind of hard. Sometimes everything's too close and you can't make that six hex charge. Um, cover ground and gather momentum are a lot easier. But Agreed. Yeah. I also think there's Agreed maybe a possibility of not even taking all three of them. Maybe you just take two. Maybe you just. Take- I've been cutting them lately. Yeah. I, 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 the last three decks I built don't have the speed package. They have spectral wings in them or yeah. outrun death, depending on if I'm playing with Corey stuff, but. Yeah, and Outrun Death is great for that reason as well. It goes with the victimizer. Outrun really Death well. just pretty much says make this fighter a quarry. Yeah, yeah. Half the time I use it, and I'm just like, I, I love that. Thanks. That's three glory in the end phase. Um, yeah, very cool. Cool. Well, I think that does it. Um, I think <laughs> for 32 cards, this has been quite a long episode. So, um, very excited that we've found our ability to drone on and on again. <laughs> I think that's exciting. But um yeah. as always, my friend Jonathan, you can close <laughs> us out. All right. Uh once again, thank you to our patron supporters. If you'd like to join our current patrons, you can do so at patreon.com slash path to glory. You can find all of our blog content on path to glory podcast.com. If you have any feedback, questions, or comments, let us know on Facebook, Twitter, or Discord at Path to Glory Podcast. Uh, please rate and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen. As always, thanks for listening, and we wish you the best of luck on your path to glory. So if you could augment any one of your limbs, and be don't be juvenile about this, if you could augment any of your limbs, what limb would you augment? How mm-hmm. would you do it, and why? I like the spikes that he has, but that might be weird. I think your girlfriend or your fiancé would hate that. And your dog? You couldn't pet your dog. That's true. So you're not... That's it? You're not going to augment anything? I guess I would augment... I don't know. I guess I could always have a watch. That would be an augmentation. Be a bone (laughs) watch. (laughs) Oh, man. I would... uh, I would augment... I guess you could just get swole, right? I don't know. I would just be taller. I would be like six feet. Six oh. feet. Six, I'd be six two. Gotcha. Let's say I'm jumping a six two. Okay. I'm happy. Augment that. I was thinking it would be like it have to be a mutation, like in the picture. That guy's got bones. Oh. That guy's got bone blades. Well, I could I could do a mutation. I could like do um um I don't even know. I'm just gonna end the episode here. Bye. <laughs>